0: This is the Jesus Habit Podcast, where we use scripture and science to make your new nature in Christ second nature. Today's Longer Form podcast is an excerpt of teaching I did at 6-8 Church to cover the process of change, and we get into the details of all of the elements that are required to change. So if you're interested in the process, or more specifically, the how, how we change, then I'd encourage you to listen in and see if you can pick up anything that might help you as you become more like Christ. How do we change? You know, you may have been asking yourself that question. What exactly is the process for for how we change? What are the requirements of changing? Right? Maybe you've tried to change something in your life in the past, and you hit a wall, and you just can't can't get a little bit can't get beyond this point. And so, um, what I want to do today, hopefully, is give us the uh, the the kind of the core core uh, parts, the core components of. Change. And so if we're going to change, we need several things to come into alignment. And I think one of the things that happens is that when we try to change, when we try to change a part of our lives, what we do is we only focus on one area, maybe two. And we're going to talk about uh, the couple of areas that we tend to focus on. But but if we really want to bring about change, if we want to see change take place in our lives on a more permanent, longer-lasting scale, we need to tap into all of these seven areas of change. And so I'm going to lay them out for you as quickly as I can. And they spell an acronym, STORIES, S T O. R-I-E-S. Now, if you were at church this morning, you got a handout that explains them. And so you can kind of walk, you can follow through with that uh, if you have that uh, in your handout that that we passed out this morning in church. But I just want to walk you through this STORIES acronym. And I know my acronyms have kind of started to get a reputation. But um, if we want to be transformed, we need to tap into all seven Areas we need to start to align all seven areas uh, of this of the transformation process. So, the first one, the first, the S for stories is stories. The stories we believe we change by by believing a different story. You are, I am, who I am right now, because of the stories that I have believed. The stories I believed about myself. The stories I've, that society has told me, uh, the, st- the stories that I've believed about God, the st- whatever the stories are, I am a combination, my life is a combination of the stories that I have believed to this point, right? So, so I am this person based on the stories that I believe. Some of those stories are true. Some of those stories are not true. Uh, it doesn't matter, though. I still am who I am based on the stories I have believed. Many of the stories probably fall in between. They are half-truths. They are not fully true, but they're not fully wrong. And there might be some truth we can glean out of that story and some lies that we need to shed from that story. But these stories get woven into every aspect of our lives. They they become a part of who we are. For instance, one of the one of the big stories uh, that's, that a lot of men like myself have struggled with today is that is that men are 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 bumbling idiots. Men are imbeciles. Men men are portrayed in most modern media, most present media, as being idiots who don't know how to do anything, and are are lazy, and like to sit on the couch and drink beer. That's essentially the stigma of how men are perceived in our society. Well, this is a lie, but this is a story that has been perpetuated now for several generations, started back in the early 80s, maybe even in the 70s, and now it has been perpetuated through a lot of media, and as a result there are a lot of men who have bought into the lie that that is just who men are. We're bumbling idiots. We're imbeciles. We don't know anything. We sit on the couch and drink beer and watch football. Now, now that doesn't mean that there isn't some truth in that stereotype because there are some men who sit around and drink beer and watch football. But at the same time, Men do not have to be confined to that stereotype simply because it is perpetrated in media. Men do not have to be the kind of person, the kind of guy that that just sit around and watch TV. That's That's a story we may have believed about ourselves. It's a story that men may have believed and women may have believed about what men are like, but that does not mean we have to live according to that story for the rest of our lives. We can change the story, and in fact, that is not God's design or God's story for what men are supposed to be like. But we also need to be aware of the fact that Secular media is vastly tapping into these stories to get us to think certain ways right? Secular media, basically all forms of secular media are tapping into story, the use of story to get us to believe certain ways and certain things. You'll see this on YouTube, Netflix, Google, Facebook, Instagram. Facebook, Instagram have what they call stories, right? They're trying to tell stories and they highlight certain stories, TV, advertising, podcasts, news. They're all telling stories and we are getting sucked in to the story. And right now, the unfortunate thing is that the world is telling a better story. And equally sad is that in the church, most Christians don't know God's story or God's story for their lives. So if we're going to change, we have to start with the stories we believe. So that's the S, stories. So I don't know if there are any questions about that. If there are, just go ahead and jump up, uh, jump up and ask questions as we go. Hopefully this is all pretty clear and making sense. So the first S is for stories. The The next letter T is for training. So we, we don't just, I think T is where we kind of hone in and focus most of our attention when we're trying to do something new, when we're trying to create a new habit in our lives. We tend to just jump in the training and trying to learn how to do the new thing. But a lot of the time, we really need to start with the story we believe about that thing. And you'll hear that uh, in the podcast and devotional tomorrow as well. But we do have to train ourselves. So, S is for stories, T is for training. We have to unlearn and learn. We have to unlearn some old habits and we have to learn some new habits, right? And uh, one of the books is called Influencer that I've read about this. And, and they talk about we have to learn to love what we hate. Now, they're talking about it in a much more stringent context where, uh, where these are former inmates who don't like anything about a well-established life and they have to learn to love some of the things that they presently hate. But we do the same thing too, right? We we have some things in our lives that if we're trying to change, we probably don't love the things that we're not doing, right? And so we have to somehow learn to love what we presently hate. For example, if you are wanting to lose weight, like I have often struggled with losing weight, you have to learn to love being hungry, or you have to learn to love exercise, or you have to learn to love eating healthier, or you have to learn to love all of those things that go into living a more healthy, balanced life, right? We have to learn to love what we hate. If we, if we already loved this, the, the aspects of exercise and eating healthy and making healthier food choices and all of those things, then we probably wouldn't be struggling, Maybe you would. I don't know. But but we have to learn to love what we hate. We also have to learn to do what we can't. This is part of our training, right? And this is also from that book, Influencer by Joseph Grinney. If you want a good book to read, I would encourage you to go read that one. But there are things that uh, that we don't know how to do, so we have to learn to do what we can't do. We have to train ourselves. This is the training aspect of changing, right? So, so there are things that we don't know how to do that we have to learn how to do, and there are habits that we have to learn and practice if we're going to become a different person. The example for this is climbing a mountain. I have climbed Mount St. Helens in the past. It's not the most difficult climb in the world. I probably will never do any more difficult climb than that, but, but when I was trying to become the kind of person that could climb Mount St. Helens, I did not just set out in one day to go climb Mount St. Helens. But over the course of the summer, I was working up my climbs, my hikes, and increasing the difficulty so that I could eventually climb Mount St. Helens. It was one day, one step, one resource at a time. But over time, as I was training, that's going to come up in just a minute, I became able to climb Mount St. Helens. So the only way to train is to put into practice what you are working on learning, right? So we can't just, you know, instantaneously download this information into our brains and expect it to take hold. We have to train over time. You have to do the work. I know this, like you thought this was going to be some magic formula where you could just instantaneously get all the solutions that you need to change. But we do have to do the work. 2 Timothy 4.7 says, Paul is saying I have fought the good fight I have finished the race I have kept the faith. He is using the same analogy that this is something that you have you do over the course of your life. 2 Timothy 1:7 For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid but gives us power love and self-discipline. Self-discipline, training, self-discipline. 1 Corinthians 9:25 through 27 Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So we who are in Christ are training right now to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, Paul says, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So we do have an aspect of training, but we cannot just only focus on the training. That is only one of the seven. That is only one of the seven components of the atmosphere of change. Right? We need all seven layers. We all need all seven components of of the of these atmospheres to change, so that we can actually be successful. S is for stories that we believe. T is for training. O is for over time. Over time, change is not instant. We do not become different people overnight. We, we, you cannot, as they say, you cannot microwave discipleship. We are in a microwave instant gratification culture. We expect everything on demand, right? We order something and we expect it to, to be shipped to our door in two days or now Amazon prime prime has, has next day shipping, right? You ship it and it shows up at your door the next day. We expect to get what we want now. This is just the world that we live in. But but you cannot microwave discipleship. Specifically, you cannot expect your heart to be transformed in an instant. It takes time. It happens over time. We do not become different people overnight. We become different people over time. The more you do in discipleship, the more you can do. The, the more you learn how to do, the more equipped you become to do more. The longer you do what you can do, the better you become at doing that thing, right? So change happens over time. As we have said, as you have heard said in our church services, that we, we change. It's, it's better to change 1% a day and then you change a lot over a longer period of time, right? So this is a 90-day journey that we're just starting today. And so just today, if we start focusing on changing a little bit, 1% every day over the course of this journey, we can change by 90%. We can, we can make a radical difference in our lives over the course of 90 days. Disciples develop daily, not in a day. Discipleship requires endurance. We change over time. John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5, Jesus says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's over the process of time of, of abiding in the vine, remaining in a vine, in the vine, being attached to the vine. It's over this process that we become different people. It doesn't happen instant if you've tried to grow a vine, you know it happens over. Time. It doesn't happen instantaneously. Philippians 1, chapter 6, Paul is saying, And I am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. Between now and the day of Christ Jesus is an undetermined amount of time. It is over this period of time that God is going to change us. So we have to be committed to the process over time, which leads us to the next letter our resolve. S is for stories, T is for training, O is for overtime, R is for resolve. It's a popular word right now in the the word grit. You have to have some grit. You have to be decided that you are going to finish the process, right? We, We have to decide firmly on the course of action. Change requires commitment and dedication. It requires perseverance. We have to have resolve. We have to be resolved that we are going to finish the course. We are going to get through to the end, right? We have to be committed through not just the easy times, but also through the difficult times. The journey will get difficult. You will go through. I will go through. We will go through difficult seasons where change is hard, but we have to be committed to get through those difficult seasons. We do not give up when it gets difficult because we know that the difficulty is a part of the process. The perseverance through difficulty is a part of the process. We'll get to that in just a minute. Leonardo da Vinci said, obstacles cannot crush me. Every obstacle yields to stern resolve. He who is fixed to a star does not change his mind. When you are set on a course and you are moving towards that that star, that course, that end result, you do not change your mind. So be resolved. Decide in advance that you will not quit when things get difficult. Decide now at the beginning, at the out, at the outset, that no matter how difficult things may get, I am committed to the end result. Similarly, decide in, in, in advance that you will also not quit when you feel like you're doing good enough. Uh, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing good enough. This is, this is good enough for me. I, I, can, I, can, I can settle for this. Don't decide in advance you're not going to quit when things get too hard. Decide in advance you're not going to quit when things are good enough. Resolve in advance that you will pass on also to others what you have received. Because as we've talked about in the past, we don't fully change until we've helped someone else change. You don't fully learn the process of becoming like Christ until you start helping someone else become like Christ. We have to decide in advance that we are going to help someone else change and that at the same time solidifies our own transformation. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 13 says, Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. None of those words sound like giving up when things get difficult. Romans chapter 12, verse 11 and 12 says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. And Luke 21, verse 19, stand firm and you will win life. So we have to be resolved. We have to be resolved that we are going to finish the course. We are going to finish the race. We are not going to give up. The I is for intentional community. S is for stories. T is for training. O is for overtime. R is for resolve. I is intentional community. You cannot, I cannot change on my own. We cannot change in isolation. There is no such thing as personal discipleship or individual discipleship. That statement is actually inconsistent with itself because a disciple is a disciple of somebody else, right? It's inconsistent with itself, so it cannot be true. These are the rules of logic. You cannot have a, a statement that is inconsistent with itself be true. So there's no such thing as personal or individual discipleship. There are There is your personal relationship with God and walking with God every day. But if we are going to be disciples, we have to be discipled by somebody. So we have to have intentional community. We have to have people around us that are supporting us and helping us become like Christ. So discipleship is about being the disciple of someone. And if that person is not physically present, we have to be around others who embody that presence. So if we're wanting to become like Christ and Christ is not physically present, right? He's not sitting here in this room. Then we have to be around others who embody that same presence. We've talked a lot about association that we become like who we spend time with. That our brain waves are are actually when we are in the presence of other people in the room, they start to line up with one another in the room. We actually start to look like one another even in our brains when we are with others. So who we are with is important because we become like who we spend time with. So if the people in your life aren't the kind of person you want to become, then you're going to have a hard time becoming something different than they are. Like, I have to pay attention to the people I spend time with. I've talked a lot about about in my life and my struggles with negativity and pessimism and trying to be a more hopeful, optimistic person still to this day, because the grooves in my brain for negativity and pessimism are so hardwired into the way I think when I am around people who are negative and pessimistic. It is extraordinarily difficult for me to not become negative and pessimistic because those the, the, those rivers run deep, so to speak. If I want to be a different person, I have to be around people who are different. First Corinthians uh, 15, 33 says, Bad, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. For there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame. If the people in our life aren't Like we want to become, we're going to have a hard time becoming a different person. So we need to be around people who are encouraging us on our, not my, on our journey, right? This isn't just my journey. We're on a journey together. And when you're on a journey with other people, then there's empathy that exists, right? There's empathy because you're on this journey together and you start to empathize with the people who are going through the same thing. When you are in intentional community towards transformation and becoming like Christ, you start to have empathy for the people you're on this journey with. This isn't just supportive friends. I know that it's important to have supportive friends and you want to have people who support you as you're becoming like Christ. But this is what we would call true koinonia, true life-on-life fellowship, true, deep, rich community, people who really know you and love you enough to speak the truth. They love you enough to not let you stay the same, to not let you keep going back to the same old habits and same old directions and same old patterns. They're willing to confront you when you're going off course and call you on your junk because you're in intentional community. So, that's the I. S-T-O-R-I-E. E is for environment. I won't go back through the list. I'll, I'll come back to it at the end and, re- and review. But the E is for environment. Our environment has to support the change we want to, to have happen in our life. Right. If you want to become you know, a, a more gracious, kind, thankful, loving person, then spending a lot of time online on social media and on Instagram and on Twitter isn't going to help you in that process. If, if you want to if you want to become more like Christ, you're going to have a hard time doing so by spending a lot of time watching the news. By reading, by reading the paper and and, and spending a lot of time with negative sources, we're going to have a hard time if our environment around us doesn't also support the kind of change we want to happen. Think of a teacher's classroom. A teacher's classroom is a great example of an environment that supports the kind of change that they're trying to create, right? You know, a teacher might have, you know, they'll have different examples and illustrations up around all of the room that, uh, that the students are in all, all year long, right? So they are supporting the change with the environment around them. If we want to change, we have to create a different environment, this is one of the reasons we do Workplace as, as a church, is we want to give you a tool in your hand. This thing that you're watching me on right now, we want to give you a tool in your hands so that you can go and find support and encouragement any time of the day for becoming like Christ. It is a tool where you are, you know, this, these little tools, these little devices can be quite useful if we use them in the right way. They can also be quite destructive if we're not careful. But they, they're, they're basically little identity-creating machines. And if we're not careful, we're putting ourselves in an unintentional environment that is deforming us, not forming us. It's deforming us, not forming us into the image of Christ. So, so are, we, are we paying attention to the environment that we're in? Is our environment supporting us? Is our environment supporting the journey? Most of the time, our environment is fighting us. Right? If you want to stop eating cookies, you shouldn't have the cookies sitting right next to you on the nightstand or on the end table. Right. If you want to stop eating cookies, you need to move cookies. And there's more to it than that, but that's a start. Right. You need to move the cookies to a different place. Our spaces, the spaces around us, typically trigger the wrong behavior. And, and we need to be much more thoughtful and intentional if we want to start interrupting those old habits and patterns. Right? So those times of day, those biorhythms that trigger those well-worn paths in our brain, we need to pay attention to those, and and we need to go through them in advance so that we have a plan to resist. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 through 9 says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them around your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. This wasn't some kind of ritualistic thing that they did. This wasn't... Um, I can't think of the word. I, I, I get to this point every once in a while, if you haven't realized. I, I have a hard time coming up with the, the right words. This wasn't superstition, right? Th- this wasn't a superstitious behavior. That they did in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 through 9, or so that they so that you know they felt that they thought if they wrote wrote the words over the doorposts of their house, then, then they were gonna be lucky. They were gonna have a lucky house, or they were gonna have a good house. That, that wasn't the point at all. The point was what we're talking about: creating an environment that, that, that is conducive to embracing the right kind of life, right? They were talking about surrounding themselves, talking about them, sharing the stories, impressing them on their children, talking talking about them while they're sitting at home talking about it while you're walking down the road when you're going to bed at night and first thing in the morning talk about them then you know tie them as symbols on your hands to remind you right write write a message that reminds you on your hands and and put them on your forehead so that so that there's something in your face reminding you all the time write them on the door frames of your house so when you come in your house you see it and then on your gate so that when you leave your house you see that same message we have to create an environment that is conducive to the change we want to see in our lives. Does your environment help you become a different person? And one of the one of the most important things is this thing you're probably watching me on right now, that device. Does it help you become more like Christ or is it taking away from becoming like Christ? Are you using things on that device or on your phone or on your laptop, on your computer that are helping you become more like Christ or are they helping you become less like Christ? It's important. We got to pay attention to that, to our environment. So the S is for stories. The T is for training. The O is for overtime. The stories we tell ourselves shape us. The training shapes us. The overtime shapes us. We are shaped over time, not in an instant. The R is for resolve. We have to have resolve when it comes to change. We have to have intentional community. We have to have people around us that support the change that we want to see happen in our lives. And our environment has to support us. The final letter, the S, is for struggle. So much of the Bible, so much of Scripture is filled with the idea of struggle and persevering through struggle. The things that we hate about life are the very things that God uses to shape us and refine us. It's not a fun teaching. I know this. I, I, there's no joy I get whatsoever about saying that the only way we change is through struggle, but the primary vehicle that God uses to change us, to chip away those things in our lives that are not of him, so that the real us that he created and designed us for, the real us that we are destined to become in God's eyes can emerge from those pieces. The the way that God changes who we are primarily happens, largely happens through struggle. It's not going to be easy. Struggle produces something, though, in us that changes us at a deeper core level. And so there are things about our lives that cannot be changed by any other means except through struggle. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because. Why should we consider trials joyful? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces Perseverance produces produce, just like fruit, right? The the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And then he says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may, may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Persevering through struggle has the end result of maturity and completion, right? We become complete and mature by persevering through struggles. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says, That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Our tendency as Christ followers is to rely on our own strength. We want to be able to man up and prove that we are strong enough to follow Christ in our own power. And that simply is not true. We cannot do this in our own strength. That's why Paul says that he delights in weaknesses. Because when we are weak in our own strength, then we are strong in the strength of the Spirit of God that gives us the power to become like Christ. When we we are weak in our own ability, then we are able to draw on the strength of Christ to become like him. This is not something we can do in our own strength. If we could do it in our own strength, we wouldn't have needed Jesus to come and die on the cross. We wouldn't have needed him to send the spirit to empower us. We wouldn't have needed any of that. We would be able to do it in our own strength, but we cannot do it on our own. So we have to, through struggle, be reminded that it's not our strength, but his strength that helps us change. And so the struggle is a key component. Persevering, resolve, right? Perseverance through struggle helps us change. So those are the seven key components as I have studied and looked at what science teaches and what scripture teaches. These are the seven key components for change that we have to have built into any change we want to see in our lives. So S is for stories, the stories we believe. Are we believing God's story or my story? Are we believing his truth or my truth? The T is for training. We have to go through a season of training. We have to unlearn and learn we have to learn the right thing and unlearn the wrong thing right and that is why we have the capture process which there's a worksheet in the handout that you got today to help guide you through that process so if you that's that's the the training the, the process of unlearning and learning The O is for over time. It happens over time. It doesn't happen instantly. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens over time. The R is for resolve. We have to be resolved to the change. The I is for intentional community. We have to have people in our lives that surround us, that support the change that we want to see. The E is for environment. Our actual physical environment has to support the change we hope to happen in our lives. And the S is for struggle. We have to persevere through the struggle. It is not going to be easy. But when we start to change, then it starts to become our second nature. Our new nature can become our second nature in Christ as a result of this process. So I don't know if you have any questions. If you do, I would love to hear them and I'll do my best to answer them. If you have questions about anything that was shared today, or if you have questions about change or how you might be able to use some of the things we shared today to help you become more like Christ, send an email to david at Jesushabit.com and I'll do my best to help you in your journey to become more like Christ. <music>